This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to the first port, part, pit, port. Wow. Nailing this. Port of um, Mantorning. Mantorning. We're at the port of Mantorning today in the galaxy of Gamma Ray. (laughs) 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 And we found some trash on the ground and we're going to read it to you today. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Ray Gun Readers. Here's some garbage. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the first episode of classic sci-fi what i'm gonna call classic sci-fi hour uh this is episode 20 very gun readers but this is the first episode where i have worked up the guts to just grew some read these classic sci-fi books here's the backstory basically we occasionally come across these old old sci-fi kind of bi-monthly short story collections from the 70s 60s and 50s and um, never could tell if they were, you know, in the public domain, if the copyrights had lapsed, whatever. I spent months and months and months trying to track down who owned the copyright. All the publishers have gone out of business, and I can't tell if they got acquired by someone else. And I talked with lawyers, and I looked on the uh, the U.S. Copyright Office website, and um, eventually I tracked down the successor to one of the original owners of the I think the most famous magazine, which was Galaxy, Galaxy Publishing. Is that the most famous one? Because I think they've all been pretty famous at one point or that another. That was the most widespread, as I understand it. World of If, which is what we'll be reading from today, got absorbed by it, um, but it wasn't as big as Galaxy, and there was other ones. I think Galaxy was kind of the, the leader. But basically, the, one of the successors to that I talked to, and they said, well, they couldn't confirm exactly who owned all the older ones because again this is pre-1978 where which happened before a lot of new kind of modern copyright uh strictures yeah and and, codes. Uh, 1978 it's like some magical copyright cutoff year it is uh they passed uh you can read up on this but basically they passed a new law that influ- enforced a lot of really strict copyrights that are still in effect today basically i'm sure this really is really interesting to our readers it you know it's important or because I don't want to get sued. Listeners. Um, I, I've done as much due diligence as I can on these. If anyone hearing these stories, if this is your property, if I've somehow not been able to contact you or find you, please let me know. I don't want to um, violate anyone's intellectual property. This isn't monetized. We're not making any money off of this or anything like that. We're just trying to celebrate some old sci-fi. And that, yeah, that pretty Basically, much... I've been asking uh, Abysme if we could do this literally for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, since he started reading creepypastas online, I always look, I had these uh, books, uh, weird story. I won them in college and started reading them and going, dude, these are fun. They're awesome. Some of them are really 
uh, weird. Some of them are really racist. Some of them are really <laughs> creative. And so I always have a blast when I read these stories. Um, the pictures are amazing on their own. You just, none of them make any sense, but they're all like these gorgeous uh, yellows and greens and reds and had, always depicting some crazy shit. So, um, yeah. They had a lot of influence on today's sci-fi. Even if you're not aware of it, just I suppose these like, authors. I'm sure a lot. a lot of people that are older than us know exactly what we're talking about, and we're yeah. just you know beating a dead horse. But for the the younger people, um, these are like the early pulp science fiction magazines. They used to you know do subscriptions for them. You get them in the mail, or you you know get them on a newspaper stand and they have all these crazy all these stories in them that are um just uh written by authors from all over the place uh the earliest ones were written by like asimov and heinlein and george orwell and who else uh hg wells Mm -hmm. hugo green gernsback uh famous sci-fi guys isaac asimov wrote stories and um and the the early stuff where we get the name science fiction, um, they were all scientists and they were writing very uh, accurate stories. And so the stigma of of science fiction being uh, anachronistic, inaccurate science has really not always been there. So I thought that was really interesting. So I shared it. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. So what you tell us about the story, Chris? What's the year on the story? Uh, name of the author. So this is from uh, the collection is Worlds of If. This is dated April 1966. I actually have the physical book in front of me. This is called Castles in Space by Alma Which Hill. We had to read because that name is just too awesome. Uh, I, I I will give you the little blurb at the beginning that will very quickly set the tone for this. Uh, in those days, space was adventurous and free, and brave men battled to the death for a fair lady's favor. So it's basically the Middle Ages in space is what I'm guessing here. Um, not what I would typically read, but one of the nice things about reading these old stories is that it challenges you, and it may be, may be something you don't like, and that's okay because this show is all about reading stuff that we want to critically analyze and deconstruct and think about. So that's all right. It's good to read these things, and uh, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking sometimes to what it. I found is these stories can be more creative than you know blockbusters or young adult adult novels these days. I mean, oh sure. This this stuff is uh it's really fun to read and it's really fun to you know see like where they decided technology was going to go for instance and how uh you know they talk about how crazy how um influential nuclear technology is going to be for instance uh, I don't know I enjoy it in the future computers will fit inside the home <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so sorry for the prolonged intro. I'm just doing this for the first episode of this section, basically. To we always have intros that are this long. Nah, but this was a lot of just kind of back talk of, hey, here's the new thing we're doing and why I'm doing it and why I think I have permission. And again, let me know if I am not doing this right. If I am trampling your copyright, please let me know. Also, I have my own microphone now, so I'm getting used to that. Yeah, we are in a new two mic setup. Please let me know if it sounds like shit. 
and I will try to fix it. And uh, I, I, it's going to be interesting having conversations without facing my my co-host. I'm I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah, I didn't want to look at you either. <laughs> okay, castles in space. In those days, no lady was allowed any say about how things were run. The only reason Caffrey was in the throne and control room of starship Sazerac was that she had been sent for to fetch decanters and chess pieces. <laughs> but as she had not been told to go, she lingered. Two kings, Carl of Avalon, Avion? Avalon? and Caffrey's father, Gerton Redbeard of Sazerac, faced each other across a carved and gilded table. Beyond them, the viewing wall was a twinkle with multicolored lights, analytical pips of the asteroid swarm. They had both come to mind for fuel ores and other supplies. There also rode the great globular hull of ship Avalon, ringed with a glittering haze of scout ships. Either ship alone might have done its mining and gone its way. But their coming together was bad luck. Their knights would surely be making trouble for one another unless the kings could work out a protocol. So all automatically, I am instantly reminded of um, what's that anime we saw where Mars attacks Earth, but like they're both humans. I always forget the fucking name of it. But it sounds I have to wonder. This probably wasn't influenced directly by it, but it's like oh, there's knights in space now, and people have technology, and they're reckless with it. Ald Noah. That's what it's called. Ald uh, Noah. Ald Noah. Ald Noah. I have not heard of that one. You watched it with me. I have never heard of that anime. <laughs> you oh, is it that with the me. one where people are like being plugged in or naked out in space to absorb light from the sun? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is a different. That, that was a good one, though. And unfortunately, I can't remember the name of that one either because I'm tired. But yeah, uh, anyway. So, the spaceship is the castle? I don't know. I think so. They're just called ships. And they have. And he's surrounded by scout ships, and there's like two two factions thus far? Yeah, two kings, each with their own knights. Two kings, one spaceship. But they seemed intent only on the chessboard. Gertzen Redbeard slid a bishop to one side. Carl rubbed his chin with the edge of his forefinger. Gertzen blew a smoke ring. Carl reached a hand, hesitated, shook his head, and sat back. Caffrey leaned forward, holding her breath. She had often sat to this same jeweled game board against her father, and Kari was developing an attack she liked herself. Should Carl move right? Uh, should, Car- should Carl move a right? He'd surely win. Gerton Redbeard glanced up sideways. My daughter would not only fill our pipes with- and goblets, Sir Guest, he remarked. She would also advise you how to move. Sir Guest? Sir Guest. Eh. Caffrey stiffened. Her father's tone made her suddenly nervous. Of course she had no proper... King Carl turned toward her, laughing. Would you advise me for good or ill, milady? Oh, she ought to be siding with the home ship. But in a pinch, between honesty and manners... Caffrey knew that the only safe course around Redbeard was honesty, and as little as, as possible of that. It seems to me, Sir Guest, in uh, in the best... Sorry, she's, sta- she's stammering. It seems to me, Sir Guest, in the best of my options, that if you should move y- yon rook to queen file... She caught her breath to end the stammering, cast up her eyes, and clasped her hands. Ho! 
King Carl tilted his head this way and that way, twirling a blonde curl of mustache. Ha! Hmm. Hmm. Milady, you are as wise as you are beautiful, which is to say excessively so. Which I'll is to say it. not at all. And he did. And lo, he did do it. No. And then it was done. Caffrey clapped both hands to her cheeks. Great space. With that rook file open, she saw. Now she saw, oh. Her wily old father father had hung his guest over a barrel. By the twitching of his flaming whiskers, he let her see that he had planned it all accordingly. But he sat back, shaking his head slowly. The two, the, the two of you are too many for one old man. I concede. So the father planned, had it so that he could win at chess, but he conceded to the guest and his daughter. Probably as some guest. political move. King Carl blinked. Thereupon, Caffrey realized that he too had seen it beforehand. Were they then both making sport of her? Feeling much like a kitten between lion and tiger, Caffrey dropped her head in confusion, then flushed a curtsy to take up the head motion. Then backed away, then back toward the door to account for the curtsy. Both men burst out laughing. Caffrey swirled about, rooted and fleeing. Gert and Redbeard spoke softly. Wait. Caffrey knew that tone. She froze, then turned back carefully, not too fast. Gurton's next words, however, were entirely benevolent. It pleases me, daughter, that you favor our guest, for we have been talking of a marriage between our two ships, and King Carl has a son as, as like him as Mirror and Mirror. If you will feel... If you will well to wed, then there will be a festal. If you will well to wed, then there will be a festal peace between our realms and kinsmen's alliance. A fine thing, that, eh? Wed? Perchance it is a new thought, milady. King Carl spoke more gently as befitted a guest, a diplomat, a negotiator. Yet we hope that you will think well of it. We are a great ship and an honorable clan. How say you then? Will you wed my son and join our clans? Now Caffrey was feeling wronged in her dignity, having been laughed at, if deservedly, so much the worse. Besides, it hurt her affections to be thus parceled off and sent from home. And furthermore, it hurt her sense of honesty to be consulted about it. For if Girton Redbeard decreed that she should do thus, and so, what else could she do? She was therefore wroth with both of them, but mostly with her father, and this put her fully in a mood to leave home. I, she said, I'm mad at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, she replied firmly, that I will then. So curtsying again, she swished her hoop skirts out the door, and this time they let her go so we sound like we're tripping over words and such but i, I want to highlight that the way this is written the way a lot of these old stories are written are very different from how we read and speak and write today well and if ever slightly so just enough to the point where 
we're like, wait, what? How's that sentence structured? I think a lot of the authors also different in their different in their writing styles, so we're gonna stumble over that too. Yeah. I mean, I hope you guys understand it so far. I think we got it. This is this is on purpose very kind of weird medieval fantasy. Yeah, probably. It's probably all on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a bit With strange. With the yes purpose. and the ye olds and the the yeah. hoes and the larks and the And the hoes. And the hoe bags. And the bitches. The, and the skanks. And the skank lasers. And the futuristic names, as always, never help. Sazerac. Sir Guest. Which is not... <laughs> <laughs> Sazerac, I swear, is a... Uh, that's something else. I've heard that term before. Can we... Anytime we have... If we ever have guests on the show, can we call them Lord and Lady Guest? Yes. That'd be fun. I, and I do intend to have guests on here pretty soon. So, we will see. Foreshadowing. It was a well-educated retreat, but without victory. Her nose hurt, her eyes stung, she feared a fit of tears and needed to get into Lady's Country with it. Lady's, ladies country? country? Mm, I'd like to go to Lady's Country. Is that, like, a part of the ship? I want to say maybe. Or mm. maybe she's, she just means the bathroom. <laughs> Have to go to Little Lady's Country. <laughs> But as she was halfway out the throne room door, she saw two ladies far down the corridor, her blonde half-sister and the newest of their mothers. The newest of their mothers. So this is a mani, mono or polywife thing, sounds like. Poly... polygamy. That. Polygamy. Multiple queen, queen, quote unquote, uh, or what? what's the other word? Co- not concubines. Concubines? Kind of, yes. Continue. Kind of, yes. They had a basket of tapestry patterns between them and were holding them against the corridor wall and spreading them along the floor to make choices. Caffrey durst not weep before her father, yet as she knew those two, she cared not to do it before them either. So she faltered for a moment in the doorway and half turned the other way. I need women. Never mind, I'm good. Actually, I hate those bitches. I'm out. (laughs) Meanwhile, of course, the door had been closing itself, and because of her hesitation, Caffrey failed to get the last bit of ruffle clear. It caught in the jam and stopped her against the closed door. There she was tethered, with the door still open a hair's breadth, a hair's breadth because of the pinch of stuff. And she became aware that she was hearing matters she should not. Oh, how Uh-oh. convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overhearing a... Dire political mumblings because my dress is caught in the door. <laughs> that happened to me at Cotillion last week. You've never been to Cotillion. <laughs> Those minds, said Redbeard. We can map out shares. Softly, neighbor, softly, Carl chuckled. First the wedding, for there have already been a phrase. Until we set a new note, we can plan nothing further. Oh, surely. And look, you, I'll be gladly rid of this last, for such a beauty is a problem and a worry continual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> I can't tell. I, this has to be on purpose. This has to be very silly and... This is a silly story? It, it just, you know, it, it's it's involving all these fantasy medieval tropes on purpose because they're ridiculous, but they're in space, which I'm loving, by the way. I, I think this is a farcical attempt. Um, but I don't know. That You can never really tell with these old stories, but I think so. Every high day, more trouble. 
For as my officers get glimpse of her, up starts the poetry and the challenges. (laughs) (laughs) With half of my officers ready to kill the other half instead of... (laughs) Ha, hmm, uh, and let me be frank with you, neighbor. You had best take thought about the same trouble in your own ship. Foe, my lad, will soon... Oh, foe. My lad will soon have her bloat in now... And so an end to bloat poetry. In, bloat and now. This, this is, I think this is bordering on Shakespearean. And it's just like, I haven't read Shakespeare in a while, so I'm unfamiliar with the vernacular. It's probably bloaty or bloaty now. No, no, there was a familiar scratching sound. Redbeard was ruffling, was roughing either his chin or his head hair. Well, and now then. But that is then, whereas now is now, and if my knights learn of my daughter being wed off ship, why, they are a meddlesome lot and may take out some wrath, you see. (laughs) Boys will be boys. (laughs) Please take my hot daughter. (laughs) She's causing problems. (laughs) Oh. There was a pause. Caffrey tried very tried very cautiously to pull her petticoat free but the silken threads were strong and the fold of lace secure (laughs) i love how this is written you really think it might cause trouble to hmm ha hmm what the fuck what are these words (laughs) harumph harumph uh you should you should just uh go harumph every time just just do that okay fair enough (laughs) no Verily, if our knights and scouts were to see our daughter given off ship, too many of them would be ill to control. And then you knights and scouts, well, I'd lifer fare forth to dig tool diamonds and bear sark. Well, can you repeat that? Lifer fare for? I'd lifer fare forth to dig tool diamonds and bear sark. Chairs creaked. Can you translate that for me? Because I have no <laughs> idea what, that, what you just said. I think he's trying to say... Uh, instead of dealing with a bunch of uh, horny men go after my daughter, I'd rather be in the mines digging for the rest of my life for diamonds. Life for fair fourth? That's what that you know, means? Dude, you can flip back to the page and read that. Be my fucking guest. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Hmm. Aye. Well then, some private arrangement. Just what I had in mind. Now, supposing you return to your ship, declaring that you will send young Carl back with papers and the like, who will think anything of a spring all a spring old upon an errand? Whoa, then wait, we can. Well, this is very important. Didn't she just say she had a blonde half sister? Yes. So she probably has other sisters. Yes. But he wants to get rid of this one because she's the hottest. Yes. Oh well. Okay then. Never mind. <laughs> I'm having the time of my life right now. Who will think anything of a springold upon an errand? Then we can. That. Nay, neighbor. Young Carl stays where he is. Very well. You can pass for him yourself. Another uniform, another man, as the saying goes, and it is well known that you look full alike. Either may pass for other, and the main thing is that no great matter will seem to be afoot. And, as General Loki pilots your son's barge, who will pick a quarrel without a great need for one, eh? Safe enough so far. So they're gonna. So they're gonna do a switcheroo. Yeah, they're gonna sneak him on board in a uniform to uh, not arouse suspicion. So as not to arouse suspicion. Let me see this. I, I need to read because just so so many F's. For for fair for. Life for fair fourth tool diamonds in the sark. <laughs> Where the hell is that phrase? 
phrase. A lifer is a word. Probably is. I just have never seen it before. Are you saying that we should spirit the lass away with but two men in a barge? Aye, why not? Who'd think to find a lady in such a place until we say she's gone? Nay, nay. There'll be discredit to my son and more ill will than good come of it. Tut. So many, uh... They they start each sentence with a... (laughs) Hi. Nay, my friend, no. This one is a... Tut. We can shift past that also. Stay you here, seeming open and innocent, and let Loki carry both last and blame. Is his son Loki? Or is are they believe no, in Lo- Loki? Lo- no, Loki's the, I think, like a general who is going to escort the son. Okay. I think. Let Loki carry both last and blame. Is he not a clanless man? That might, but still. So so he's some sort of neutral. He's in the service of the other king. But he's clanless. Oh, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't think he's in the service of anyone. Well, then why is he driving one of the barges? I think the clan is really just the family. Um, and all the soldiers are in, the, in their service, but not part of the family. I think I could be wrong. It's not really explained yet. I hope it's not explained and we're just not get and not that we're not just getting it. Gosh, <laughs> this book is rubbing off on me. <laughs> that might still. Oh, keep you general too. The ceremony will clear all. And when it appears that all is better than expected, then all will rejoice. And what's more, get to work. Girton laughed uproariously. And after a moment, Carl joined in. Under cover of this noise, Caffrey tugged frantically, tore her skirt free, and ran for her life, brushing the pattern basket with her billowing skirts and scattering the patterns to cries of indignation from both the other ladies. <laughs> these, ne- these she never stayed to answer. Were she not her father's pet, muttered Tenth Mother, snatching for, for pattern papers that drifted, curling in the afterdraft. I'd pet her handsomely. (laughs) I think that means reprimand her in some way. Were she not her father's pet, meaning her his favorite? I'd pet her handsomely. Yeah, pet her. There's a play on words here. You know, oh, she's her father's pet. I'll I'll give her. Okay. I'll give her a petting to remember because she (laughs) she she upset the delicate fragments. But Caffrey escaped to her room, drew her skirts well in, and closed the door tight, letting tears well up and flow as she peeled off her torn dress and everything else, leaving leaving petticoats in ruffled rings across the floor, and dove into her coffin. Okay. Slightly aroused. Coffin? (laughs) There, (laughs) with the bed foam snug around her. I suppose, I guess they're assuming that in space people sleep in something that looks like a coffin. Oh, kind of like how astronauts astronauts are in those like tight capsule things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, with the bed foam snug around her, she wept her utmost. It was almost, it was all the bosom she had to bawl on. For her own and first mother were, was, for her own and first mother were long, was long dead. And Redbeard had never taken another official wife. Really? But only these fancy, oh, here we go. Ha, I win. 
but only these fancy-dancy concubines, mm. long on court etiquette, full of graces and wiles, but short on kindness. Yet if she must hide her feelings, she had them, and strongly too. Weeping eased her but little, so she turned the coffin to cleanse and massage, and still she could not rest. Oh, so she's in a bed that automatically that's, massages you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I want one. Flinging the coffin lid open again, she jumped out and kicked her clothes into a heap. Then she tossed everything into the launder, including the torn one, but not have that best not have that seen again for a while. She dressed hurriedly. What had they said tonight? She might be sent for at any time. A high day dress she'd best. A high day dress. I guess because high day is capitalized, so it's maybe that's like Sunday or something. You you know it's capitalized? You saw it? Yeah, it already got read once. Really? Oh, I guess the wedding day is a high day? High days are important days. Like that's, I'm guessing that's the weekend or something. But feeling more and more, oh, a high day, because there is no Sunday. So this is like a surrogate for Mm -hmm. Sunday, Mm -hmm. I bet. Uh, But feeling more and more uneasiness, a sense of haste, she got out the first. She found a silver tissue, new, with petticoats looped to show pink underskirts like petals. She studied the effect in the mirrored floors and walls of her room. Neat enough for every angle of view, but beauty? Were the two kings merely dickering, or was she? Dickering? Dickering. Dickering. That, yeah. God damn, that word is awesome. (laughs) I am so using that. Straight black hair. That other ladies sniffed over. Yet it framed her f- her face well, didn't it? She had large eyes of good strong blue and other features features that she was used to and had been talk- taking for granted. This well- is a Disney movie in space, <laughs> and I love it. I, w- I want to see this. What would the strangers of ship Avalon think of her? Could she compete with the conc- with concubines? For well, she knew that all royalty had concubines. That was the hard question. She could only hope so and do her best. Strangeness had op- strangeness opened on uh, strangeness opened out. Strangeness opened out on all sides until the very mere images of sides of herself seemed strange. What? Strangeness opened out on all sides until the very mere images of herself seemed strange. Okay. A host of strange ladies in rose and silver with black hair and blue eyes. So I imagine, I, I can't tell if it's just imagery or they're just saying that there's a lot of beers in the room. So you you know, you, you the, the, get that yeah. infinity effect. Yeah, they're saying that like most of the surfaces in this room are mirrored or reflective. Still, no summons from Redbeard. But why stand here fidgeting? He could find anyone anywhere on ship. She why was... not stand here masturbating? <laughs> she was minded to take a last look at the old places of the only home she had ever known, now that she was being pushed out of it like a chess piece across the game board. Uh, symbolism. <laughs> she stepped out of her bright room into the dim corridors. It was by now very late, but even so, it was very dim. A ship might have to limp on half power to some other source of supply. How could she grudge her own duties to her own ship? Caffrey shook her head at herself, but she felt still full lorn. Full lorn? Forlorn. Well, it's full 
and then Lorne. Oh, maybe that's uh, before it was turned into one word. No, forlorn's an old word. I think full, that maybe maybe she's not part lorn. She's she's full lorn. I, I like you're whelmed as opposed to underwhelmed. I guess overwhelmed. A uh, lot of wordsmithing in here, as far as I can tell. Or we just don't know anything past an eighth grade vocabulary. No, we do, <laughs> but this is very creative. Um, I think this is just. Either this is very weird for even uh, the 60s, or this is, like, I, I have no idea. As we read more of these, we'll see. I'm sure, sure. Uh, Miss, um, uh, what's her last name? Uh, Shelly? Alma Shelly. No, what's her last name? Hill. Oh, Alma Hill. Okay. On the Hill. I, I'm sure she thinks very well of her own vocabulary. Uh, I, I, and don't think that i'm like dissing it or dissing this story as much as i'm chuckling at it i'm really enjoying this i love the imagery um i, I like space operas and that's what this is this is definitely a space well, opera I, i'm getting uh more of a like uh I, no, I, never mind I, i'm not getting anything out of this hater lights were full however in the noble's nursery currently it held only general boar's twins the young Aram's newborn, and her own least brother, all dear little people. Wait, wait, wait. One, sorry, one question. So they they were saying the lights are dim on the ship, and the, the next line was that she was, um, she didn't like her duties anymore? I, I think, yeah, she has to tend parts of the ship. She, has, she herself has to tend to the ship? Well, and that's, and that's not far off, because... In medieval times, even royalty oh, would guess... be like doing duties and you know tending to the kitchen or directing oh. the kitchen and stuff like that. And... So that's what they're implying. Yeah, and again, and like... we don't know necessarily how big. We're just assuming, you know, kings. Does that mean like Pretty small kings, or are we assuming like France and Spain kings? I don't know. <laughs> big enough to have ships and scout ships. Whatever that means. Currently, it held only General Boar's twins, the young Aram's newborn, and her own least brother. All dear little people, and she must not even say goodbye, but at least she could peep in. Least brother, she found as soon as she opened the door, was sounding off at a princely rate. The room was vibrant with sound. The night nurse was in a predicament. Feeding the boar's twins, she had both hands full, and though by protocol least brother came first, there'd be double noise if she put the twins down. Caffrey solved this handily by scooping least brother out of his bunk and squeezing the howl out of him. It almost sounds like she choked him to death or smothered him. She was glad to meet one simple common problem, and moreover, least brother was so very dear. He gave a long, informative belch, drew in a breath, and discovered with surprise that nothing hurt anymore. What? He let out the breath, so she burped him. Oh. And he was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm going to stop crying because I'm a baby. Uh, okay. I I was assuming toddler that could talk. My no. bad. He gave a long, informative belch, drew in a breath, and discovered with surprise that nothing hurt him anymore. He let out the breath in a sigh of solid comfort, rolled his head over against her neck, and relaxed, going heavy, asleep then and there. Still, Caffrey held him a while before putting him down. Least brother was such a good size to cuddle. His demands were so few, so honest, and if sometimes loud, at least always understandable. Would she have children of her own? Most ladies did, but some never. Life made its own terms. When she put Least Brother back into his bunk, he ignored her, relaxed as he was in sleep in perfect trust. Just so. 
and she should panic either. She felt a little better, but her thoughts were still ill-sorted. When she stepped into the corridor again, she found a scrap of luck, a bit of lace blowing in the night drafts that whispered in the dim corridors. Then it hadn't been noticed. Feeling fortunate, she caught it up for a souvenir and to keep it from being found by someone else who might get to thinking and maybe talking and maybe annoy Redbeard. And all precautions against annoying Redbeard were lucky moves. So she went back to where her dress got caught and Grabbed realized... Grabbed the lace up. Yeah, yeah. So basically no one knew that she was snooping is what she's deduced. She wasn't snooping. Eh, eavesdropping. Oh no, my lace was caught in the door. I guess I have to listen to this argument. It was now full dark time. When nobody used the corridors except a few watchmen. She turned towards Weaver's country. I guess different parts of the ships are called countries. Yeah, that makes sense. Weaver's countries. Country. Avoided a passing sentry, tiptoed the other way, and came to farm country, where there was always some light but also many green and scented shadows. Here among the bean vines, she heard sounds of sobbing and found the ninth mother in a dark mood. The These ladies outranked Caffrey and rather liked to keep her aware of it. To find one of them thus upset was an odd event in a day full of odd events. The upshot of their conversation was that the ladies exchanged fashion advice and then swapped dresses. Tra- trading the the bright new gown for Ninth Mother's black lace. This ta- this turned out lucky later on, when other sentry when another sentry might have seen Caffrey and asked an embarrassing questions, but she looked so like a shadow that he never noticed her because she was wearing the black lace. Okay, in this way, wishing hard that she did not have to leave this home she knew so well, Caffrey came to a door she had never seen before. But then she had never come so far into a farm country except by open paths. This door stood close behind a high bank of flowering tomato vines. The paint on its threshold looked dry and clean, as if the door were little used. That might be, for it was plainly marked, authorized personnel only. The thing is, that when a girl feels uneasy enough, authorizations mean less. (laughs) a girl has the right to change her mind here in her own home was a place that she had never known of and this was her last chance to see what lay beyond that door first she hid her slippers under a tangle of leaves next she stepped quietly up to the door and pushed it very carefully it went back easily without a sound nothing but a stairwell a narrow stairwell leading down into darkness from the light of farm country that came past her own downward-pointing shadow. Somewhere down there was a sound of... What? Holding her hoops so as not to rustle, she snookied gently across the landing, down the steps, shoulder to wall, turning angles, careful, careful, into the deep darkness. Excuse me, I have to snooky down this corridor. <laughs> that can't be a word. That cannot be a word. I don't know what to tell you. Snooker's a word. Ah, I'm looking that up. Snook is the past tense of sneak, isn't it? Snuck. Snook. Snook. I'm changing. Snooky. I'm changing it now. It's snook. I can write a whole book about it and make it a real word. 
The sounds grew louder. Machinery. Space. What a rumpus. Coarse footing, too, and she left her and she had left her slippers. Still, bare toes were better for feeling her way down, down. Now dim light again, louder racket of machinery, a loading platform perhaps, a wide shelf with bays at the side and heaps of boxes here and there. Then, turning the corner, the sh- turning a corner, the, sh- the, then, turning a corner, the shelf stood flat and open to a wide doorless arch, Sharp-edged, light, open distance, huge. Were there far walls? Too far, to be sure. Why, this must be the loading docks for all the for all ships says Sazerac. Why, this must be the loading docks for all ships Sazerac. No place for ladies, so of course she had never seen it. What a place! Fascinated, Kefri slid, Kefri slid behind... A stack of boxes and peered beyond. Is she going to hijack a mech? Because that would make this story like <laughs> 10 times better. Uh, but a, a lady's not allowed to, to hijack a mech. Which is why it's perfect. Caffrey slid behind a stack of boxes and peered beyond. This was better than This was better than high days. They should let ladies in once in a while. If only to see. If only to see the shows. Interesting. So she's sneaking around where she shouldn't be. She's getting reckless because she's going like, to get married off. So this took a turn from one story to another story. Like, yeah. you know, it's a completely different story now. It's not, you know, loud, drunk kings um, playing chess. It's a girl lost in her own home and finding discoveries in it. Mm. I don't know. Noise, color, motion, so many things going on. Nearest the two pilot fighting scouts, the ship's striking force in space. Rows and rows of racks. Beyond were several freighters. Beyond those, jumbling distance. So it's just a huge vista of ships. Yeah, just tons of them. But she saw no people. Where were the knights, techs, and mechs? Robot trucks rolled out and accounted for the clang, the clangor. And machinery was in motion as far as she could see. But not one attendant, nor even one guard. How much power these things must use? <laughs> it was all a lie. It's all alive. There are no men. <laughs> Nearest the Ark was a vacant space with a row of open blister ports. As Caffrey watched, how long, five minutes or an hour? One of those blisters closed, rolled, and peeled open again, revealing a large, handsome scout ship marked with the royal comets and the golden harp of Clan Avalon. Ah, that must be that barge that Caffrey had heard spoken of. Her father's plans must be well forward, strictly speaking. She ought to be now in her own room awaiting. Why, people must be seeking her now. This was indeed embarrassing. But just as Caffrey turned to go back, as she had come, she saw movement in that direction also, and dropped further behind the boxes instead, glad of the roughness of the heap and its nook of concealment. i to activate my nook of concealment. Plus five to stealth. Is, is that what your tablet turned into? Yep. A nook of concealment. The movement was caused by the swinging beams of flashlights as they rounded the corner. However, one light after another was snapped off. Caffrey glimpsed a number of officers, led it seemed by Redbeard himself. They strode to the landing that contained the Avalon barge. They tapped a signal on the hull. The lock dilated and King Carl stepped out. He had shaved off his whiskers and wore the simple uniform of a fighter pilot with just the royal shoulder badge. But Caffrey knew him because she expected all this. 
Still, it was strange to see it all happening. Until now, she realized this whole odd plan had sounded like all talk. Nothing more, really. Was that part of why she had been so much adrift in her feelings about it? Now at this point she had a good chance to scoot for the back stairs and turn up in some reasonable place looking innocent. But she stayed. Partly she was too nervous to move, and partly too curious. Was there anyone else in that barge? General Loki? She'd heard about him lots of times. Court gossip was full of stories about what he was what he had done and might do next. There he stepped out, stooping to pass the lock. A huge dark man. The officers shook what hands all around. What a coincidence! <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. Then Loki swung back inside the lock, while the others turned and came straight back, snapping on lights as they came. Caffrey stood. Caffrey held still. Still. Nobody seemed to see her. Why should they expect anyone in such a spot at such an hour? Perhaps they could not have seen her in any case. The brighter the light, the deeper the shadow. But how strange it was that Gerton Redbeard, who left no detail to chance, wasn't having her paged over every speaker in the ship. Maybe he's trying something. Maybe some sabotage. It's all a plan. It's all a clever ploy to envelop the territory, the terra ship, the territory of the ship. Just beyond Caffrey's heap of boxes, another switch clicked, but no light came on. Blast, these dim places and hard times, roared Redbeard genially. General Bors, will you oblige us with your flash? Still bellowing hospitalities and, and encouragements right there, he took from Bors' hand not a light, but something that glimmered like a pro proffered blaster. It was a blaster. It flared momentarily, and Carl sagged instantly. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, shit. Flash so... doesn't work either, eh? Shouted Redbeard without a break. Nothing for it but to shuffle our way to a light that will go on for us. So they just shot King Carl? I think so. Damn. Damn. That escalated quickly. I don't know what that means. Nothing for it but to shuffle our way to a light that will go on for us. Oh, like a sensor light? Yeah. Flash doesn't work either. So is he like playing out Accident, not realizing that he killed Carl. Maybe? I don't know. Let's keep reading. Then in a lower tone, Bors, go you back and tell Loki his royal master wants him. Then get rid of him as you like. We'll be creating such a touse about sudden illness and royal cremation and clan rituals that Avalon will be all a mort and none will think of Loki. But Loki thinks for himself, so make sure of him. So now they want to kill Loki? No, I think they want localize or to realize uh something. Hmm. They they want to assure Loki in some way. Okay. Bors ran back while the others tramped off around the corner and gone. Once was dragging. Well, one was dragging, but in the huddle and darkness, even with what Caffrey now knew, she could hardly be sure. Cremation? That great, hearty, com confident man? Dead? Yeah, he's dead. He got shot. <laughs> What's hard about this? He got got. <laughs> he got got. Why? Her father had planned it that way. No wonder he hadn't cared where she was. She had only been a bit of bait in a trap for two great men, and there went Boris to take the other. 
Grand champion Loki, however, was not so quick to outsmart himself and step into a dark place among strangers. He came out again and stood listening, but whatever Bors said, Loki merely shook his head without speaking, with each hand on a butt of his two belt blasters. Okay, so I guess this was planned with Loki too? Maybe. Um, I don't know. This I is think unfolding Loki is strangely. present, and yeah, it's a little confusing. Uh, Caffrey felt a great horror of all that had happened. That's right, Loki, she whispered, but it was only a small whisper. whisper. Don't trust him, or you're done too. Oh, I, I think they took, um, so they took uh, Carl out behind the shed, so to speak, <laughs> and Loki doesn't know that, so he's just not trustworthy. Yeah, because Loki's devoted to his king. Okay. And they're trying to pretend they didn't kill Carl. Sudden illness. Yeah, okay, okay. They're trying to say, oh, he's dead. Oh, no. What a horrible tragedy. Presently, Bors came back shaking his head, but he could get other men, or for that matter, get guns, and blaze down this tunnel. The alarm for General Assembly began to sound through the hall walls. The robo-trucks halted where they were. Then in silence, the royal dirge music began, beautiful and terrible. Loki's head jerked at the sound, but then he stiffened. Oh, that was a mistake. A mistake. It wasn't time to it wasn't a time to be brave. It was a time to run. There was evil all around. It came to Caffrey that she had hated her father for a long time. <laughs> I always hated him. I always hated him. I'm glad he got shot. <laughs> I her dad didn't get shot. Who got shot? Carl. Oh, oh no, sorry, Carl did. Her dad's Redbeard, I right. think. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what's happening in the story. Yeah. I can follow perfectly. <laughs> for his wickedness, for his violence, for his treachery. She had seen it all many times and had never thought to question it. Redbeard was Redbeard, the head of the clan. But now she had to think about it. Hatred for all this evil opened in her heart. Hatred for all this evil opened in her heart like a black flower. And for that moment, it's a good thing she's wearing a, a black lacy dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she very went convenient. from a distressed bride-to-be to goth infiltrator. And she's hiding. And she's hiding. And she's in hiding. And for that moment, there was no one there but that one lone man. Oh, if somebody should warn him. But who was there to do that except... Before she could change her mind, Caffrey ran down the tunnel and burst into the light. They've killed him, she cried. Killed him by treachery. I saw it. She pushed with both hands at the startled knight. There's not you can do here. In, man, in. Close lock and get away if you can. Loki said a word no lady should hear or recognize. (laughs) (laughs) He grabbed her arm and flung her into the barge before she knew what next. He jumped for the controls and punched this, slapped that, the airlock hummed shut, sprung, even as the ship rolled. And then he was sprung. <laughs> <laughs> Caffrey was tossed about until she slid into a corner and was cramped there yeah, by the forces was. of a fast departure. <laughs> Loki seemed to ride these maneuvers as easily as a boy on a foot slide. <laughs> oh, I'm trying not to. I really am, but... I'm not. <laughs> So so many supposed double entendre. However, he was no boy. Actually, she had never seen so big a man. 
He was wearing the green uniform of ship oh, Avalon. Oh, you're so big. Okay, I'll stop. With General's pips, but no clan device. He was as dark as Caffrey, and she saw that he was blue-eyed also, but of a masculine hardness. He turned to Dial with some care and then spoke, not in a diplomat's light tones, but a heavy male bass. Avalon? Avalon. OS come in. Ship Avalon. Barge calling OS. He flicked a toggle. It's too weak a signal, he growled. However, that'll send until we come into range, and then all Avalon will swarm out like bees and give you hives something to think on. He slid a lever and the ship's gain loosened a little. Caffrey found that she could straighten out and needed to. Loki reached a hand, pulled her up standing, and looked her over. He grinned broadly. Art a slut to betray your own ship, but a handsome <laughs> slut. <laughs> Saw I? Never. Caffrey nodded. His point was fairly taken. <laughs> I think I am a slut. <laughs> Jesus Christ, girl. Have some self-confidence and respect. I, sir, you speak the truth about betrayals, but consider what my father has done, and under truce, too. It's honesty to uphold that. And consider you, sir, that I promised to wed young Carl, so it's to betray this one or that one. But at least I betray not my own promise or the laws of the clans, do I? He stared, then began to laugh. You're Caffrey of Sazerac, the Dark Rose herself. By space, I might have. Considering that the outposts of Sadrach were scarcely passed, Loki was rather too much relaxed, yet Caffrey felt a little better too. And if Carl is honorable, he is, isn't he? As the stars are true. And I should know, for we've ridden co-pilot on many a mission, Loki said, sobering. He glanced at a viewport, turned quickly, and slapped the controls again. Caffrey saw him in time to catch at a brace as the boat surged forward, or she'd have thrown a- or she'd have been thrown again. It seems your clan is out, milady. The viewport above the panels lighted. Her home ship. Farewell. A lot of stuff happening. Not a whole a lot of it means anything. Yeah, this uh, this sped up very this, quick. This is an epic, a uh, very short epic. <laughs> Where was I? Okay, Sazerac filled most of the space, but there was a snippet of black at the lower curb. Against this, there was. There, uh, against this, there showed a swarm of golden needles, scout ships pouring out on their track. But they had a fast ship and and a head start, so surely this was no more than a gesture. You'll have to strip and lock into the co-pilot's coffin, milady. We may gain something by dodging. Dodge, aye, and hurry. For at this speed, you'll be dashed to spatters, even if you're not shot. To powder. I think he means that they'll be gaining G's, and if she doesn't protect her her yes. her meat sack, then <laughs> then she might get squished. Yes, that yes, that's okay. what's happening. Shot. She blinked. Do you suppose my cousins would shoot at a scout ship with a lady in it? Oh, blast and jet wash all fool girls. Do you think this is all in High Council Hall where all shall be known? Strip, he blurted, flipping her around expertly and shucking all her petticoats and tossing them over her head. This is politics, you brainless poppet. <laughs> <laughs> a, a button caught as she floundered among ruffles and he snapped it off. Pulled the whole thing loose, bodice and all, tossed the mass into a side locker, and kicked that shut with a sweep of one boot. Meanwhile, he was saying, Do you think we have time to stand wondering what they'll do when it's as plain as... He caught her under the rib. 
and one hand, uh, he caught her under the ribs with one hand and assisted. That is, tossed her into the co-pilot's coffin, face down. Do you think we design control couches to fit ladies' hoops? <laughs> so now we're getting into slight erotica. No, she's just, I think she has to be naked to go into the coffin. Well, she has to be stripped down, at least. I don't know about naked. Yeah, I, I think she she pulled everything off to get into the coffin in her room, too. Mm, so Maybe. Either way, it's getting hot. I... <laughs> Caffrey found that she could see the control panel and could move her hands, which were close by it. And don't touch those controls! Sorry. And don't touch those controls! <laughs> His deep voice echoed in her very thought, and the boom of the coffin lid. A moment later, the same voice came through the, span- the panel speaker. Look through the, bo- look through the viewport. She was doing that. A great, great Sazerac seemed to be swinging upward. The blackness below increased proportionately, filled with dancing, with the dancing swarm of pursuit. Now, milady, do you see those three nearest? Nearest? I, several bad words. Largest, then. (laughs) Everything in the picture yawed and swung. A central dimness grew barred. So she has a view of outside from her, her, her bed coffin? I don't know if it's like a view screen or a window. I can't tell. Uh, everything in the picture yawned, yawed and swung. A central dimness grew barred with an X of something like light. There. Can you read the insignia? They were tiny but, dis- they were tiny but discriminable. General Boars, that's the largest. I mean, nearest. Dost rampant. Doest. Doused. <laughs> Oh, this sentence isn't going to make any sense. Dosed rampant on a field checky. <laughs> no, no clue. No clue. Uh, Life or fair or forth. <laughs> Toll in a diamond mine of snark. <laughs> I'm getting all these phrases tattooed all over my body. Dosed rampant. On a field checky, the two dragons entwine. General Sem, General Isim, comments and lucent argent, bend sinister. My cousin, Prince Aram, Aram, Prince Aram, Prince Aram. Okay, fine. <laughs> We're gonna. I mean, I'm sure. I hope pronunciation doesn't change too much between. I don't the two think of us so. Either. I don't think so. Uh, um, as I thought, fastest ships in this part of space. Now I'll let them know you're aboard. Light increased in the control panels and she blinked. They can all see her face and they can hear what I'm saying now. As well as you can see them on, as you can see on their ships. So I hope it's hopefully just her face, but. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hear me, you cowards. Any one of you sorry to see Loki running like a bat with only a girl for a gunner? Oh, she's in a. I guess uh, she's in a gunner coffin. I guess, who's supposed to guess that, right? Okay, so it's like in F-14s. So like the front seats, the pilot, and the back is the co-pilot slash gunner. Kind of. Okay. So I, I think that's what these ships maybe look like. The leading ship flashed a rod flame, reaching, reaching, and the ship rolled in lurch. The viewpoint filled with white fire. Something hissed on the hull. 
Now we're in full-blown space battle, you guys. I, they got to get—they got to set up for their attack run now. <laughs> she needs to turn off her targeting computer and trust the force. The foam around Caffrey seemed to loosen as the ship flipped and dived. That must have been a near miss, or they'd not been here, or they'd not be here knowing about it. She knew very well. The viewport was full of swirls, nothing that she could distinguish. Everything was erratic. Loki was swearing in a torrent, beautiful, deep voice. <laughs> Horrible black words. Caffrey gathered the sense of his remarks, that they were being overhauled <laughs> three to one, and that their purposes, pursuers were shooting full power. Loki said a good deal more than that, but much was in words she had never heard and couldn't interpret. She listened and looked, helpless, any moment now. Death? Would she feel it? How would it feel? That clanless speech. She doesn't understand it. Loki stopped swearing. The picture steadied. Let the swarm of pursuit come into view. Most of the specks were smaller, some very tiny, and ship Sazerac had shrunk to a ball with black space all around it. But three, yes, they were bigger. The center of the picture thinned and made the X again, much larger than before. Bors, Yisum, Aram, as if on murder bent, all glowing with charges ready. So three have crept up and are about to open fire. Well, yeah. they they The closest are the nearest. Yeah. On Yusum, a spark swelled, but before it could do more, the ship lurched. The picture reeled. Intolerable light flared and vanished at one side of the rearview port. Loki gave a sort of half-cough. Milady, did you see that red stud under your right hand? It was the bigger, biggest thing on the panel. You mean this thing marked salute? Salute, guns, and a girl. Loki expressed a few more sentiments, then gave the half-cough again. That same. Now, if we come about and go inside their range, do you think you could push the button just when I say, and only when I say? My hands are both... Whoops, now! <laughs> Caffrey jabbed at the button hard, with fist behind thumb. There was a crackling and spitting, a back thrust, and light that struck through her closed eyelids. When she looked again, the viewport was full of stars again, and three ships rocking into view. No, two ships in a ball of light that grew and grew. See the range finder? That scope with the crosshairs? When it centers on, now, and hold it! Caffrey shut her eyes as she punched the stud, for now she knew what it did, but she punched it hard as ever. Again the boat spun and a great surge drove it. Her ears rang, her thumb slipped off with the stud. She looked again and saw the swirling stars, saw a pursuit ship fire at them and miss clean. Then the other ship was zigging around in the range finder as it caught in the crux. Caffrey punched the red stud again without being told. Logi gave a great shout. Logi. Uh, they mispronounced, they mis misspelled the name Loki as Logi. As Logi. Maybe that's his, his, L-O-G-I. Uh, his, uh, his identical twin brother, Logi. Oh no, my evil twin Logi. <laughs> Come here to finish the job. <laughs> Logi gave a great shout. The ship steadied and flew weightless in a straightforward rush. Caffrey opened her eyes. Bors, Yusum, Aram. Her kinsmen, three clouds of sparks with cores of fire growing from the center, dimming at the edges, Aram, Yisum, Bors. Those were gen- those were her generals, knights? I think those were her brothers. They were her brothers? I think those were her pilot brothers. Ooh. She just killed Ooh. them. Ooh. Shit's getting heavy. Well, I hope she 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 realizes the full evilness of her family's doings because she's so. going to have to live with her decision. Although, like, are they even in on it? Or do they just say, like, hey, that dude went off with your sister. Go kill him. Like, who knows? 
All right, two pages left, you guys. We're almost done. The lid of the control coffin swung open. Caffrey looked over her shoulder, and there stood Loki, laughing like a madman. Aha. Aha. He's like a pirate captain. (laughs) Now that we know what he sounds like, he sounds like, ha ha. (laughs) Ha ha. That was impossible. Aha. (laughs) 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 But we did it. Girl, you learned fast. Come out of that and kiss me. (laughs) So in the span of what must have been three minutes, he stripped her down, shoved her into a hole, (laughs) told her to shoot her brothers, and it's like, all right, now fuck her up. And called her a slut to her face. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, that's true. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Everything is happening in this story. She could hardly move. She understood that they were lucky to be alive, but all she felt was shuddering horror at the world and everything in it, a cold place full of enormous grief. She came to her knees, tears dripping unstayed. Please, I want my clothes, she babbled. Please, my dress. Yeah, that's fair. Loki kicked the locker open and flung the massive garments at her. He turned his back and stared out the viewport while she fumbled her way through the tangle and worked her appearance back to decency. Then, having done what she'd hoped was enough, she sat huddled, thinking on blackness. Loki gave a half cough. Can I look around? You looked before. I apologize. <laughs> oh, now we apologize. Don't be angry. What for? Why are you yelling? <laughs> this is what I'm reading. <laughs> oh, for... All right. Then you're not angry? She was sorry for him, too. None of it was his fault any in any way. She went and put her head back... She went and put her hand on his arm. He jerked it, aw- she jerked it away as if burnt. Don't touch me, milady. I'll be all right in a minute or so. But just don't touch me now. Dude's sending a lot of mixed signals. Uh, she drew... I think his signals are very clear. Well, now it's like, yeah, don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me, but kiss me. She drew back carefully and sat on the edge of the control coffin. It was hard and too narrow. She got up and found the lever and closed the lid gently. She stood and watched Loki while he watched the viewport. He had turned it away from ship Sazerac, but ship Avalon, though nearer now, was showing only a crescent at one side, high and to the left. Much nearer were the masses of the asteroid swarm. They swelled and passed until the ship seemed to be in the midst of them. There was a gentle jolt, and all forward motion seemed to cease. Loki began fiddling with dials at one side of the panel, and a small crackling began. Cancel OS, he said softly. Report coming. This is Loki. Call Carl at once. There was a slight pause. Good. I thought you'd be there, Carl. Bad news, lad. Sazerac broke. Truce. Your father's dead, they say. And by treachery, for I was fired upon as I tried to get back with... The crackling began again. Truce, I, and fired upon I. Do you know my voice? Do you doubt my word? More crackling. You, so now you know what to expect. You'll know, you'll know what to do. I've taken cover among asteroids, and I must check hull damage. I said hull damage. Great spaceman, do you think they were spraying tourney spark? Call counsel and don't wait on me. Over and out. 
He turned to Caffrey. Now, lass, you have three choices. Fair is fair, and I owe you. And I owe you justice. For had you not interfered, I'd now be dead. As I'd now be dead as King Carl. Long live King Carl. I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick up from there. Although I'm very curious to know how this ends. So basically he's radioing, radio, radioing to home saying, hey, uh, they broke truce. I got fired upon. I've got the princess here. Need to check to no, see. I don't think he said that. I think he just said, I have whole damage. Oh, yeah. He's got whole damage and he's hiding in the asteroid field. Um, you know, And he's giving help. her three choices. So he hasn't told them yet. Yeah. So what are her choices, Chris? Behind, what do we have behind door number one? Caffrey shook her head empathetically with a quick shiver. Ship Sazerac was home, no more to her. Secundus, we can proceed to Avalon as soon as I make sure that all is in order about this boat. Now, Carl is an honorable man, so he'll probably keep his father's word and wed you. But I warn you fairly, lass, there's another he promised. Before, and he's his own master now. You'd not be first lady. Wait, wait, wait. Secundus, that means there was a, there's a first option he mentioned already? Or is that the first option? Yeah, I think they're implying that the... Sorry, uh, the author, she is implying that the first option is go back home to Sazerac. Okay. Secundus, meaning second, of course, uh, they can go to Avalon and she can marry the dude, but she'd be second wife because he already had someone else in mind because that's okay. how most Or he's probably already goes. married because, yeah. Caffrey smiled a little. I think that maybe it's harder to be a great lady than a small one, and I should know about that. Third he- option, you can marry Loki. Did you say there are three choices? Why, you could come with me. I am a clanless man, nothing to keep me here, but I have a strong hold on an unpeopled planet. The winters are long there, but the summers are as lovely as yourself. <laughs> and fairer last saw I never, you dirty, dirty slut. <laughs> Seriously? No, 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 I put that in. <laughs> I, because basically the first words exchanged was, wow, you're a pretty slut and a betrayer to your nation. Because you know, I'll tell you when women, apparently. Could it be that easy? Wouldn't we be sought for? Could you fight off all? He snorted. Fight off all what? Carl and Gerton will keep one another busy, doubt you not. We'll be su- supposed lost by wreck among these flying crags and may be sought for here for a while. As a moat in a dustbin. Carl owes me thanks and friendship, for running a starship takes a man's mind up full. We'd be soon forgotten among so many other things. That was a strange thought. Yet Caffrey was sure of one thing, and that was that between yonder slippery preoccupied folk and this hard-spoken fast-acting man, she felt a strong personal preference, had been <laughs> feeling it all along and acting on it. I could run away with you now, lass, and who'd prevent me? But fair is fair, you shall say for yourself, he added anxiously. You understand, lass, it's a far place. There'd be no other ladies and few diversions for the sex. It sounded fine. <laughs> Caffrey began... To feel anxious, too. I can play chess, she proffered, but I guess maybe not very well. He looked at her sharply, then grinned, then chuckled. Well, if he thought it funny, she giggled. Then they both both burst out laughing. In this way, Caffrey had her own say, in spite of being Redbeard's daughter, or perhaps because of it. But as to who got the asteroid, she never did hear, and never did think it very important. And... Wow. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Damn. And you were saying he was doing nothing for you in the beginning. What? Did I say that? Yes, you did. I don't remember that. Uh-huh. How convenient. I have no idea what you're talking about. How convenient. 
As convenient as no one finding her torn garments in a door jam. As convenient as the fact that you have to be naked when you shoot guns. Well, uh, for anyone who has seen Outlaw Star, that's how they powered their ship. Oh, and Vandred. Oh, man. Did this influence anime? Because now it's getting very, very no, close. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, like, it. people read stories back then. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that was very fun. It's I, just a fun little story. I mean, this doesn't seem like it had a whole lot of meaning other than somebody said, what if there were castles? In and, space. In space. What if people did the whole, uh, what oh, the turf wars in Scotland? Space. In space. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a very hard sci-fi story, but we will get to others in this series. Yeah, no, this is, this right now is just a taste. And, um. Let us know what you think, and if anyone has interest, please um, please help us uh, with feedback. Yeah, comments if you want to see more of this. I'm definitely going to do some more just to get a feel for what we're reading. As you can see, the writing is very different. This one might even be an outlier, but uh, we have I read some great stories. that's the whole point, is they're all going to be outliers. Yeah. That's the whole thing, is there's not going to be one story that's like the rest of the stories. They've all They're all really, really different from each other. Mm-hmm. So this was a oh, this was a long episode, longer than what we usually yeah. do. But uh, thank you everyone for sticking with us. I'm very excited about this. Um, yeah, stay tuned for these messages, and we'll see you next time. Hello out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. 